Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, let's know, welcome back to another Round the Boards of Speedway podcast. Uh, me, Kane, Rob, we're all in attendance this evening. Kane, Rob, how are we doing? Yoo-hoo. Uh, yeah, not bad, mate, not bad. How are, we, uh, how, how are you? you? You good? <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob's here in spirit. He's a little bit under the weather this evening. Rob, self-inflicted, I believe. Yeah, I I, I drank a bit of the week. I drank a bit too much this weekend. And uh, <laughs> now I'm feeling it quite badly. <laughs> we shall we shall try and rattle through the show just for you, Rob, so we haven't got to keep you hanging on too long. Thank you. <laughs> on the show uh, this evening, um, lots of little bits and pieces. Um, we will, well, review the meetings that we've had this week, those that we have had, four in the end, uh, due to the rain-offs. Um, preview some upcoming meetings as well as our meeting of the week, our rider of the week. Um some other news on the continent as well and we're also joined on the show by Ian Brannan um, who we'll be speaking to shortly those of you that don't know Ian uh, probably should do a Speedway fans he's the, the voice and commentator on the British Speedway Network and also two of his own podcasts uh, Humans of Speedway um, and of course the, the British Speedway sanctioned um, No Breaks No Fear uh, podcast so we're we'll looking forward to speaking to him soon um, but we'll crack on with the show um, and the first topic I want to bring up with you, actually, is uh, something I just alluded to, which was the rain. Um, for the eagle-eyed amongst us, um, if you've checked out our blog this week at roundtheboards.blogspot.com, uh, you'll see I'll put a feature up on Wednesday evening, I think it was, uh, regarding rain-offs. And perhaps it's time we look to be starting a season in April rather than March. Thoughts? Um, I think you should get in the bin. That's my thoughts. I think we should just keep it as it is. If we get rain-offs, ah, well. If we can get a few early on, even better. Rain-offs aren't the end of the world. Interesting interesting that you're making the point about uh, starting the season later, because obviously last last season we were talking about um, not getting the meetings in and the season running too long. So starting it later might not be... So I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Kane. Get in the bin, Nathan. Yeah, bin. Nathan. Get out of here. I like to deal with facts. I um, don't. I like just so to tell you to get in the bin. That's okay. you. Of the 14 meetings that were supposed to have taken place in March, only six were completed. 43%. But, but that's six more meetings out the way. So Six, and probably only two of them actually meant anything towards the season. That's two more meetings out of the way. <laughs> I, I just stand by the point if we can get a few meetings out the way early on, it, it frees up maybe a few weekends if if they need them. Or obviously, if they are 
postponed, then yeah, you can still We're, we're talking of the, the inconvenience as well, shall we say. Um, I look to, well, Stuart Robson's farewell, which is now looking for take five. Yeah. Um, one. Um, Steve Worrell's testimonial that was supposed to take place at Paul, um, he ended up giving to his food to charity, which was a, a, a very... Very nice thing. At? Yeah, that's... Uh, make it a little bit easier to say it yeah. but yeah so um yeah that was that was good of him to supply all the food but it's another inconvenience of trying to find dates um and then there's i mean there's there's the peter craven memorial the lineups um a little bit more diluted than what it was um in the original lineup but um as someone pointed out earlier i think they've sold more tickets or something yeah like five i think it's five in the grandstand or something like that but I think that, I mean the main the main point that I was I was getting on about was um, Poland aren't starting their season until next week officially. They've been having some challenge matches, um, and then Sweden begin theirs at the very beginning of May, um, and they're looking to finish theirs in September. So, and they've got exactly the same amount of teams as us in the Premiership. So, there's an argument that we should be starting later. But do they not? Do they not? Uh, I might be wrong here, but. Not, obviously, Poland have a, have a lot fewer meetings than we do. Yeah, and they don't have like the cups or. I think they just, they yeah, just straight I, mean, I would guess Sweden do as well. They they don't. I don't. I think Sweden, their playoffs Sweden, is a, a bit different. But apart from that, I think theirs is just league as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I just think because I would guess. Um, again, I know they don't in Poland, but in Sweden, they don't do as many meetings against the same team as what we do do. So obviously, well, we're racing we should, each we team four times. Is that right? We should just go down that route then. No, I like this. I like them. I, I like special meetings. Well, not special, but different meetings. The only the only change I would have is change the formats. What do you mean? Like if we're doing like a knockout cup, you could have it like a a six v six or something like that, just yeah. to spice it up a little bit more. Yeah, I could go along with that. Just so it isn't seven v seven, fifteen heats every single week. It, it might make it a little more exciting. Or have the three-team tournament that we never had last season. That might still happen. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard any more, anything more about that. I actually, actually forgot about that until I've said yeah, that. Who's Richard Lawson riding for? So we bring it up again? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> I had something to say about Richard Lawson and I've forgotten now um, what it was about, so I'm just going to not worry about it anymore. So I'm just sending an e- invite to Ian now um, for him to come and join us on the show before we move on into anything else. Before, I mean, as I said, we've only got four meetings to review anyway. Over... I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not partaking in the quiz tonight, am I? No, Kane's taking part in the quiz. Well, while, while the quiz is, I'll, I'll go and I'll go and die in a corner while the quiz is ongoing. Just to be back for the quick fire ten. Yeah, I'll yeah, be back in time we... for the quick fire ten. I'll be able to resurrect myself out of the grave for the quick fire ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, don't drink, people. Don't do it. I don't <laughs> want to drink, people. To be fair. No, well, all right. Put a comma between well, drinking hey. people. Oh. So while we're, actually while we're just waiting for um, Ian to join, uh, he says he's going to be one minute. Um, we'll talk right. about our. Rider of the week from last week. So we set up a poll. Um, 
We picked a rider each last week from the previous week's uh, fixtures and results. Um, so it's between Danny King, Tobias Musilak, and Charles Wright. And in the end, Danny King come out on top on both the Quite Twitter convincingly, and I think, as well. Yeah, he was 62% on Facebook. Um, he was quite. I, I don't know what it, what the numbers were on Twitter, but I know it was quite convincing on there as well. So, um, well done to Danny, and I'm sure we'll um, we, we might have a prize for these uh, these people in the future. Don't get the hope. We'll, we'll, we'll have another rider of the week from the four four meetings that have um, been completed this week. But for now, joining us on the show, um, he is the man behind the camera and the voice of the commentary on the British Speedway Network. And he's also a fellow podcaster for Humans of Speedway and the official podcast of the British Speedway, No Breaks, No Fear. So on the show this evening, Ian Brannan. How are we doing tonight, Ian? Good evening, guys. Yeah, how are you? That's really strange, just hearing that voice on our podcast. <laughs> on it's, it's, it's strange hearing hearing your voice in my ears, because I listen to you as well, so it's all a bit weird. But, you know, it's, it's good to be here. <laughs> great, great, great stuff. And um, obviously, it's been a bit of a slow start for you this season, Ian, on the British Speedway Network. Um, mm. Supposed to have your first league meeting yesterday at Berwick, which was postponed. Um, bit disappointing in the end, and, and March has been a bit of a disappointing month. Yeah, um, you know, I think March really, uh, as far as BSN's uh, certainly concerned, we had nothing... Um, no league meetings or, or league action as such planned, particularly for March. Um, aside, well, where were we at? Uh, da, da, da. Did we have something last last week? I can't remember where we're at now. I've got my list here. Here we go. Yeah, so we had, uh, we had Kings Lynn off, didn't we? But that uh, that was rained off. That was the only fixture that was actually part of the, the premiership coverage as such. The others were uh, pre-season jobs. And we've... As BSM, we've only lost the other one, which was the Peter Craven, which we're doing again on Monday. Um, so as far as March is concerned, it is really just leading up to the main part of the season. It's blowing the cobwebs away for the riders. And if you can get away with anything meaningful, then great. I mean, we have had marches where the weather's been fantastic and we would have been sat here saying, why are we not racing, I suppose? Um, but it's the, been the wettest march for, what, since 1981, I think I saw the other day. So... Very difficult, you know. You can't plan ahead for that. Um, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think with with this particular month, but um, hopefully, better times are ahead as we uh, as we move through April. Yeah, definitely. So, and we're we're looking forward to the the week upcoming. Obviously, um, as you mentioned, the Peter Craven Memorial at Bellevue tomorrow, as we record on a Sunday, and then um, Thursday evening, um, Kingsland visit Sheffield in what is now the first leg of the knockout cup. So hopefully um, some better weather for the speedway next week. But I'll just talk to you about what I was just having a conversation with Kane and Rob about um, a blog I put up during the week about whether we should now be looking to follow suit with that of Poland and Sweden and starting the league a little bit later or starting the speedway a little bit later into April or whether this is just a freak season where the weather's just been against us. Yeah, um, I, I read your blog and, you know, you've got some good points. I think, as I said, really, I, yes, um, 
it, it, the weather obviously is going to be better in April. I think certainly there's an argument to say we shouldn't be trying to put anything meaningful in before the clocks go forward. A lot of the reason that, that Speedway stops, or the, a lot of the reason that we have problems with tracks, um, is is to do with the time of day, uh, the amount of sunshine and, and all of that, that that comes down on the track to dry them out after we've had wet spells. And we noticed a big difference in that, particularly as we're getting to the back end of of this, uh, this, the British summertime in, into October, where we were trying to do the uh, the championship playoff finals and, and the issues that we had with uh, with Leicester, and and some of those were down to the fact that there wasn't enough sun getting to the track. So that's the that's the issue. You know, the amount of daylight that we get, we can't plan ahead for what the weather's going to be like. I say we've we've had cracking marches before. Last year, we were racing this this weekend. Uh, in fact, this very day, it's a year to the day, the 2nd of April is a year to the day since BSN launched uh, with that first fixture at, um, at Berwick, funnily enough, and it was all right that day. Um, ironically, it would have been all right today if we, if we had a fixture today. But uh, you can't, you can't, you can't plan, can you? You can. All you can do, I think, is 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 just treat March as as they have done, really, and as, as a bit of a pre-season thing because you don't want to be going into April having. Uh, the riders having had no action, you know, the riders want to get on the track. The riders want to have meetings to, to sharpen themselves up and they gain action abroad, but not every rider races in Poland. So I think if we can get meetings away, get the testimonials out of the way as we have been doing the one-off meetings, the Ben fund and all that, you know, it's all good stuff. It's competitive action. And we've seen that it's attractive to some riders from around the world as well, like Freddie Lindgren, who came over here because the, you know, the standard of rider is good for you to test yourself out in. And it's, it's something different to like the sparring and stuff that's been going on in Poland. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that, yeah, after the clocks have, have gone forward, um, it's probably the, the time and anything we can get away in March, then, then great. But I don't think anybody really is, we're not relying on it. What happens though, I think if we get into April and we're doing the preseason stuff and we're doing the Ben fund and the testimonials, the first two weeks in April, um, and then we do have rain offs as well there, then potentially that's, that is going to mean that you're going to have to go into September. Um, because that's the other argument. People were complaining at the end of last season that we hadn't wrapped it up quick enough. So, (laughs) you know, to to wrap it up quicker, you've got to start earlier. You can't have it always. And we're limited to the days that we can race in the premiership particularly. And, uh, you know, those constraints, getting everything in, it, it can back up pretty quickly. Yeah. And I suppose one consideration next year is that Easter actually falls in March, I believe. Um, and you'll be yeah. taking a great chunk of the the Good Friday and Easter Monday action. Yeah, this is it. And you know, I say Easter is a moving target, isn't it? Every year, um, so it's it's not like it's a regular thing. Um, I, I I think it's just wise to get on with it as soon as we can. Uh, you know, if we can get Premiership, I think that last year though the Premiership really didn't start until really end of April or May before yeah. we had anything meaningful. So we are starting earlier this year. March has just been a bit of a pre-season warm-up. We haven't had the, as full a programme as we would have hoped. Those fixtures will happen later in the season, which is good news for those people who are benefiting from them, like Steve Worrell and Stuart Robson and so on. Um, but we have had some good meetings, though, uh, already. We've had some great racing at the Ben Fund, at um, Sam Masters' testimonial, some thrilling stuff there. So, you know, we've, we've, we are able to get that fill of, uh, you know, first whiff of methanol of the season. And um, from that point of view, you know, we, we have had some victories as well. So it hasn't been a complete washout. No, no, exactly true. And um, 
while we're on the topic of BSN, and it is, uh, as you mentioned, it was, it's, it's about a year to the day that BSN actually started. Yeah. It's, it's a year to the day that I think we had uh, Ben and Martin on the show talking about BSN as an idea, as, as going into fruition. So, so how did BSN start for you? How did the conversations begin between you, Ben, Martin, etc.? Yeah, um, well... I'm, I'm, you know, my background is not in uh, commentary <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was doing my to go right back to the very, very start. Uh, I went to um, I went to a speedway meeting at Wolves a number of years ago when I was working and I still do work for Smooth Radio, but I was doing a lot of work in the West Midlands. And I did, um, I was doing a week of, I think it was breakfast on Smooth in the West Midlands. And I saw that Wolves were racing and I think they were racing against Swindon, off the top of my head. So I went along to Monmore and I put some pictures on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And um, Nigel Pearson, bless him, got in touch um, saying, oh, I didn't realise you were a Speedway fan. So he was following me on on these things because he used to listen to Smooth. So that's how um, I came into contact with Nigel Pearson. Um, and so moving moving along slowly but surely, the, the uh, British Speedway podcast eventually, through Nigel's help in a large way, got off the ground. Myself and Nigel came up with that idea that the pandemic definitely got in the way. Um, and through getting into that, obviously, then I started being a bit round, more around Speedway circles and, and speaking to people like uh, Ben as a guest when he was promoter and um, team manager and what have you at Redcar. Redcar is... Um, my nearest or one of my nearest tracks well probably is now because Newcastle's shut down I'm in Sunderland so um, used to go to red car anyway quite a bit um, and then yeah Ben as I recall and Martin got in touch because they were doing the live streaming for red car uh, a couple of years ago and it was really an off-air thing they weren't they weren't selling the streams they were just trying it out um you know the technology because that's the thing with bsn a lot of the technology is they've had to learn it themselves they're not um experts in in broadcast gear this is very much for all of us in some form or another we've all had to learn the craft and for me um it was you know getting involved in commentary and i originally started doing co-commentary as much as anything else for a few red car streams at the back end of the what would it have been the 2021 season um and eventually they did go live with it and you know it was all good so that's why that's what i started on so i was doing um a bit of commentary on red car stream with martin and ben and at the end of that season we were chatting in the bar at red car and um martin and ben were you know they had a few ideas of what they were going to do the following season and it was it was sort of discussed a little what the premise of that might be um as to whether you know there might be a go to go to the bspl with an idea of of doing the live you know live streaming like they're doing now uh, but that was like very much the maybe more of the the bigger more ridiculous ideas that uh that they, they weren't sure would 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 float but you know you've got to go got to go hard or go home so um they went with that plan and and that's the one that happened and so um yeah i was i was flattered but also um you know it, it, i knew it was going to be a learning curve for me to do commentary I've always said that of all the broadcasting I've done, and I've done, you know, mainly radio presenting, but both speech presenting and music, um, doing phone-ins. So speech radio and speech broadcasting doesn't phase me at all. And I've hosted shows, um, live shows from cup finals and things like that. 
and and that's you know that's my kind of domain i've always had a huge respect for commentators i know a number of commentators who are very very good and i've worked with some great ones i used to work with um you know ian dennis at five live um not when he was at five live he was at radio leeds at the time but i used to work with him um another friend of mine richard graves who does um nfl coverage for sky sports a very very good commentator um, a number of them and and I know how hard it is and the work that has to go in to, to make yourself sound good. And I've tried to do commentary. I had, I, had a, I was put on a shift once in, oh, was it on RTE in Ireland to cover Sunderland versus Fulham in about 2001. And it was horrific. All I had to do was match reports. It was, it was awful. And I felt like I was robbing them when they paid me for it. It was like, uh, and that was it for me. I was like, I'm not doing commentary. And if you go back to the Humans of Speedway episode I did, was it second with Nigel Pearson? Uh, I talk with him about that, that I've, you know, it's something I've said I would never do. <laughs> Famous last words. But, yeah. um, you know, I think, well, you think this is an opportunity. This is something different. Um, I think I can do it. And I was up for the challenge of, of learning it. And I'm still, I've still got a long way to go. It's going to take more than a year. Um, but you do start to find the groove a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, that's how my journey in a, in the, you know the sort of full version really of, of how it all came about um and you know it, commentary is one thing you need a good co-commentator as well and i've been blessed with a number of them at bsn that that ben and martin have lined up for me obviously most notably um adam Roynan has been sort of the most regular with me and he and i you, you sort of build up a bit of a a rapport a bit of a partnership on that kind of thing so it's been good to have a lot of consistency with with adam but the other people we've had as well have all been great and there's been a few of them we've had justin sedgman we've had uh, well greg blair does quite a bit as well um Stuart dixon has done one memorably we had gary avalock uh so you know a good uh, a good mix of uh, of people but all offering something different yeah, I mean, I must say, I think that the service being delivered by BSN has been very good. It, there was there was a lot of negativity at the beginning. Um, I think, as we fully all expect from Speedway fans <laughs> and inverted commas, mm. uh, but I think it certainly made great strides. And the amount of what I like to apportion it to is the amount of meetings that people wouldn't necessarily go to that they can now watch, especially Championship action. They've they've never had mainstream championship action like this broadcast on a nearly a weekly basis and these are no meetings yeah. that, you can, that you can pay for um, in advance or on the day depending which meetings you want to watch and just something that you wouldn't normally see so I don't see whether there's teething problems even the big corporations have teething problems mm. that what the negativity is towards this there shouldn't be any negativity towards it and I've, I've had a couple of arguments with people even today on facebook about somebody going on about it it's look you know bsn is is different to the likes of eurosport it, it is not it, the fact that people are comparing it to that and discovery is flattering because you know the, we are all um i mean i've got experience in broadcasting and a couple of other people have as well as well you know jason harold is a hugely experienced broadcaster in south wales he and i used to have rival breakfast shows in cardiff at one at one time um and but he's a great guy and he's also the host um of the principality stadium for the for the grand prix he's the center green announcer uh, as well so he's got a lot of experience in in speedway and 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 that is the thing Everybody involved with BSN, be they 
on screen or you know you you hear them or people who are just helping out you know helping us get things together off this you know off screen who help get the guests uh, the, the riders to come over to the to the interview point or accounting down for the for the the guys in the booth for when they have to go live and all that kind of stuff everybody involved is in some way a speedway fan or involved in the sport either they've got family connections um they've they've been going all their lives like my dad comes with me sometimes to, to help out you know he got me into speedway in the first place so everybody involved is a speedway fan there's nobody there in bsn who doesn't understand speedway at all so everybody knows the sport everybody loves the sport and hopefully we bring a different angle to it because it is a little bit more rough and ready and that's but that's that's the point that's what streaming is streaming is we try and make it as polished as we can we're doing nice graphics and investing heavily in in all the gear but ultimately this is a a fan production for fans that's what it's about that is the point it's a small business and martin and ben have learned how to do this and and the fact that they are being compared or the coverage quality is being compared to to discovery or eurosport is testament in itself um and they work very very hard (laughs) they work very very hard indeed we all work hard it is very demanding but they particularly work hard because they've got to run the business uh as well as the the live streams and doing the sponsorship deals and you know the admin and sorting out people's queries whether they be technical or whatever you know it it's full on and um you know you, you get you get great service and and that's what we always aim for uh and we always aim to, to try and bring the excitement from a fan kind of point of view yeah and it's, it's testament to you guys that in in such a relatively short space of time what a terrific service it is and i hope it goes from strength to strength and even just looking at your schedule in april um, mm. As well as the meetings we discussed earlier that happening this week, you go, um, who is it? You're at Redcar on the 15th, Paul on the 19th, and then Edinburgh on the 21st. So a yeah. lot of travelling and a lot of time invested in this. Yeah, Thursday's going to be a busy day, isn't it? <laughs> the 20th. Uh, yeah, wait till you see the proposed schedule for August. That's going to make you weep. Uh, <laughs> we've got planned to be like, you know, maybe something like Glasgow, Plymouth, and then Edinburgh in the same fortnight or 10 days or something. Wait. Anyway, but yeah, it is demanding. But, you know, the, the, the point is as well that we, we have to try and give equal uh, balance to the, to the clubs. So, you know, each club should ideally get two home meetings and ideally two away. Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way once you get rain-offs and things like that involved because it, you know the sometimes the, the planets don't always align quite so easily logistically um so that's that's the thing so it, yeah there are some long journeys uh but it's it's great it's great visiting all these different places i love i love the traveling i love the journeys because it gives me a chance to catch up on various podcasts including yours so that's great a day on the motorway um it's sometimes not so great when you get to Plymouth and it's rained off, but um, you know that's that's part of the speedway life. <laughs> you have to just uh, suck it up uh, and and deal with it. But you know that's how it goes. Um, but now I'm l- looking forward to going to all of these tracks again. Um, I think we've been. I think I've been to all of them now. I don't think there's any track in the top two divisions I haven't been to. I'm just looking down the list. No. We've been to all of them uh, at some point or another, but it's going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out. And I, I think as well, really exciting for any new people who haven't really seen BSN yet, and especially those in the in the you know the Premiership clubs that haven't had this service. And I think the scepticism perhaps comes from those who have not witnessed it. If you know what I mean, that those who have seen it 
uh, and are bought into it last season get it. And the ones that don't get it are the ones probably that haven't tried it out yet. So I'll just say, try us out. We're quite friendly and um, we'll try and do a good job for you. But like you say, bringing you good speedway from matches that wouldn't ordinarily be seen, particularly the championship. Um, and yeah, we've had some fantastic racing. And I'll tell you what is the other thing about going to these tracks is the the variety of food options available uh, at the at the various tracks you know wherever you go everywhere's got the local delicacy and I, I would like we said about doing this last year but we didn't make enough of it i think this year we should try and find out what the different delicacies are because the winner hands down was glasgow's kebab pie last year Ooh. so much so that i actually through doing a different job I had to. Uh, I had cause to record an interview. I wasn't doing the interview, but I was just recording something with the CEO of Greg's, and she was asking me what my favourite Greg's item was and what I would like to see in the future. This was my big moment. This is like being on Dragon's Den, but the other way round. So I'm saying to her, "You want to check out the Glasgow kebab pie?" She wrote it down. So watch this space. Is all I'm saying. Could be, could be. Well, I, well, I hope it's more enjoyable than uh, Danny. What Danny King was talking about on humans of uh, Speedway. Oh, the Palmo. <laughs> I don't think he enjoyed that very much. It's a northeast treat. I'll um, I'll have to come up and I've been to Redcastle. I'll have to come up again and try one. They do sound quite nice, to be fair. But I've never had. Well, one. if if you like lasagna, you probably be all right. It's a bit like that. <laughs> Just moving away um, from BSN then and on, on to the other topic, which was um, which is probably a question people are asking me. So, like, you're a podcaster. I've mm. got a podcaster on the show. Why would two podcasts come together? And I know we had a, com- a conversation and uh, some messages earlier in the week. And for me, um, Speedway is such a niche sport that I, I don't see anything as competition in Speedway. As long as we're promoting the best interests of the sport – I think it's a great idea that two two podcasts should come together. Spread the love, I say. There's room for everyone. Look how many um, how many football podcasts there are, yeah. and there's there's millions in the world, millions and millions of football podcasts, largely rubbish ones, um, just people rambling on in their kitchen about nothing particular. Look how many Speedway podcasts there are. I mean, I don't, I haven't counted them all, but I, I think off the top of my head, there's probably less than ten. Yeah. <laughs> certainly certainly British ones there's not many and I think it is a big opportunity podcasts are not going away they're a great way to communicate it's not like with two radio stations where we're battling for you know if you're a radio station you're battling for the amount of time the listener is listening as well as the amount of listeners doing that um so obviously to to if you're a radio station you wouldn't do that because you might be sending people elsewhere we're doing podcasts are about an hour or so long yeah, and so there's 24 hours in a day. You can listen to a lot of podcasts in the course of a week, and so if you're a if if you are a Speedway fan and you want to find out about people's opinions to do with Speedway, then there's not many places you can go. So it's worthwhile just sharing the love. And I think there is there are opportunities, um, but I think as well, you know, it, it's good to be positive about the sport. Anybody can go on and moan and complain about things that aren't perfect. We have to draw a line under where things have been and historically what your thoughts are and look ahead to the future because things are changing for the better and, you know, give it some time. It won't happen overnight, but we're heading in the right direction, I believe, um, Speedway in this country. A lot of people are working very hard to 
to set Speedway on a on a more modern path. Um, and podcasts are a, are a key part of that. And I'm lucky enough to be involved in a few of them myself. So I've got a few, I've got a few sort of uh, uh, irons in the fire, I suppose, and, and interesting podcasts. But they do communicate and connect with a lot of people around, not just the UK, but Australia, America, um, even Yemen for some reason um, <laughs> hey i'll take them all but the you know the there is a lot of room for for podcasts um and and particularly i think the opportunity if anybody's thinking oh yeah i'll start one that you know it's great that we have podcasts that cover everything and i would say i do one of those the official british speedway one but fan podcasts are you know for particular clubs are probably the thing that we need more of um if anybody wants to start one by please do by all means because podcasts that are just bigging up a particular club being super super niche about your club do it you might not have thousands and thousands of listeners it doesn't matter um it's about serving your super serve that 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 niche of, of people and you'll you know sometimes um it's not about bums on seats it's about you know how engaged they are and i think if you can get a small band of people really well engaged that's probably as powerful or more powerful than having 3000 listeners who are a bit shrug their shoulders at the end of it so that's the opportunity for podcasts i believe in speedway and everybody help each other out and then if we get podcasters who are big on particular clubs if we had enough of them then when we're doing the official british speedway podcast we can start opening up to having guests from representing each club and stuff like that but we haven't got enough of them at the minute so that's from my point of view that's what i'd like to see i think it's it, that's an interesting point you bring up there and i think it's probably you could you could open that up to defunct clubs as well. So someone like Robert Swindon and we look, yeah. at, we look at Coventry and Bradford and Reading and all the teams that seem to have fallen by the wayside recently, they could set up podcasts, share their feelings, express their thoughts and hopefully push new tracks to opening back up again. Yeah, and prove that, you know, it's a way of proving that there is a market for it. You, as I say, <clears throat> you might not get thousands of listeners, you don't have to have thousands of listeners. It doesn't matter how many people are listening. Even if one person's listening, it's it's more than none. Um, and, you know, you, you probably find over time that builds up and snowballs. And people do find these things now in all sorts of different places. Um, and, yeah, build it and they will come, as they say. And yeah. definitely... You know, say if you're doing a if you're doing a football podcast, you could you could do an overall football podcast and get loads of uh, people to represent whichever club of the moment. You know, I could get a Newcastle fan on by just going to the many Newcastle uh, podcasts and and get that person on. Whereas with Speedway, it's a bit harder to find them. So, yeah. so just for the record, so for anyone who's listening who's, who's not heard Ian's uh, podcast before, he does the official podcast for British Speedway, which is the No Breaks, No Fear. And he also does Humans of Speedway. Um, I don't know if I've read somewhere, but is Humans of Speedway going on sabbatical for a little while? Yeah, it will be. Um, Humans of Speedway is is my podcast. That's that's where um, all of this <laughs> all of this started. Um, I'd long been looking to do a podcast, and and eventually got one off the ground, and and that was it. Um, so that really, uh, I run. It's, it depends as and when. I suppose if anything comes along my way, I can I can put something out whenever I like. But I really make an effort to do it over the winter when you know things are closed down. Riders are more available, of course, and we're not as busy. The British Speedway podcast is weekly, so that's quite a lot of work um, to, to sort out, along with doing BSN and all the other work I do outside of Speedway. So um, 
I kind of find something's got to give. So I'm doing official British Speedway podcast. No breaks, no fear is out every Wednesday morning is the plan uh, through the season. There's already two episodes down and there'll be another episode. Yeah. Every Wednesday, which I'd say that's quite busy. Um, Humans of Speedway will take probably take a break until the back end of the season. It might come back just before the end. Don't know. We'll see how we go. But to replace Humans of Speedway, I am also working with um, Sir Kelvin Tatum and uh, doing his podcast, which he's aiming to do as and when, but we're thinking probably monthly-ish or certainly um, to go in line with the Grand Prix rounds. So, um, yeah, really excited to be teaming up with Kelvin and making his podcast. There's a couple of episodes already out of that. We did a premiership preview a few weeks ago, which has had a lot of interest. I'm surprised quite how much interest it's had, but that's the power of Kelvin. And... um, and we did an interview with last year with Dan Bewley as well. So that's out there now. That's called Tatum Talks. And boy, does he talk. So uh, we've, uh, we, we've got that. And we're going to do a GP preview. Hang on, I've got that planned in somewhere. What's the date for that? We're doing a GP preview. And that uh, should be out the week of the 17th of April. So a couple of weeks. Yep, we'll, keep a, we'll keep a listen out for that. Uh, always enjoyed uh, listening to Kelvin. Um, talks a lot of sense. He's, him, him, and Nigel were uh, just were synonymous with with commentary on the speedway. So, um, mm. great to listen into that. Um, Ian, I'm going to be honest. I could talk to you all day about speedway, um, <laughs> but we've got deadlines and we've got a quiz to do. Okay, uh, well, yes, better hit the deadline. Yep, Ian <clears throat> has kindly agreed to take on Kane in our quiz this evening. Uh, Kane, are you still with us? I am here. I am ready. Challenge. I'm bore you with uh, bore you to tears no, too much. There. No, I've, I've been been my uh, inner fan. I've just been listening. Cool. Nice. So, <laughs> as it as it stands, after well, I would say well, Rob did beat his dad last week, but he also lost to him in the same sense. So we're only six four ahead now. Um, <laughs> so, we, so we move on to the quiz and the topic this week. It is. BSN orientated. So, the question is, of the 31 championship meetings which were streamed on BSN last season, I want you, in turn, between you, to name the winners of Heat 1 and 15 of all 31 meetings. God. Now, there are are 21 answers in total. Oh... This could be almost like a memory game, but why also, do you do this to me? Um, if you watched enough BSN and Ian, you would have been on BSN, so <sighs> yeah, but you, you're on it, you don't remember anything that's happened. <laughs> so, I'll give you <laughs> these aren't necessarily clues, but um, there's 16 of the riders of one heat 15, uh, 15 of one and heat one, and 10 there's only 10 riders that have won both heat 15 and heat one. Um, just a quick right. question is it yep. Last season, or did it include like everyone? It's just all championship meetings, so championship, so not the league, national league ones, not the national league, just right. championship. So, bar Newcastle, uh, every championship team is represented in this list of twenty-one. So, as the challenger, Ian, we'll come to you first. Well, I can remember who won Heat One of Show Number One, and that was Chris Harris. Yes, that was that my one. <laughs> um, Did yeah, you know Chris yeah. Harris 
he didn't win a Heat 15. I remember no, you broke down in Heat 15 when he was winning. Because that was my other one. Um, I'm just going to go for someone who was really good. Um, Nick Morris. Surely you won something. Nick, Mo- Nick Morris it is a correct answer. But <sighs> he also he won five Heat 1s and didn't win a Heat 15. Back to you, That's Ian. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, I will go for Craig Cook. Oh, yeah, Craig Cook is correct. He had two wins in both heats, one and fifteen. Four wins in total. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember like any of the matches. <laughs> oh. I could have listed all the clubs, but I thought that might make it too easy. I don't think it would have to be fair because it's, it's still quite very much difficult um, I've struggled to remember the teams surely you can remember the riders yeah but <laughs> can I can I really um, oh, he, he was good no yeah Richard Lawson Richard Lawson he is the, the biggest winner, actually. Ooh, he has won six, six Heat 15s and three Heat 1s for three different clubs, funnily enough. I didn't even think about the guests. All Edinburgh and Redcar. Hmm. Right. Let me have a think. Um, right. <clears throat> heat 1. Uh... It's a tricky one. Right, let's think. Uh, right, who was riding at... Steve Worrell. Steve Worrell is correct. Two Heat 1s and two Heat 15s. Back to you, Kane. I, I want to say Danny King, but I've, I don't also want to say Danny King because I'm scared. Okay, so I, I'm... I don't think I'm going to say Danny King, but if Ian says Danny King and it's right, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> Sam Masters. Sam Masters is correct. Three Heat 1s and three Heat 15s. Mm. Right. Um, number two for Poole. Um mm. Zach Cook. That's an incredible answer. That's correct. Ooh. He must have won a Heat 1. He has won a Heat 1. Now I'm even more scared to say Danny King. There's too <laughs> many pool riders coming up. Um... <laughs> Ryan Douglas. Ryan Douglas is correct. Again, two Heat 1s and two Heat 15s. There, surely he must have won. Did you say Danny King? I I didn't. I'm scared. Well, I'm I'm going to say Danny King. Surely Danny. he must have won a heat one or a fifteen. Danny King has not won a heat fifteen, <gasps> but he's won three heat ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I can't remember who was the number one for them. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, I 
don't even know when Redcar were on BSN. Uh, Eric Chris. Good answer. Thanks. He's won a heat. He's won a heat one, but no heat fifteens. As long as he's won one, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're roughly halfway. That's ten of the twenty-one. Oof. Okay. Scott Nichols. <clears throat> Scott Nichols is correct. Two heat ones and a heat fifteen. Pressure's back on, Ken. Why not? Let's just say it, Ben Basso. Rob, we're lynching him. He's lost. We us. shouldn't have done oh. that. We shouldn't have said Ben Basso. Ah. Oh, you haven't gone for the Basso, have you? Basso's the wrong answer. Oh, dear. You know what? I've been sitting here thinking, who's the Plymouth number one? And I've just remembered they didn't have one. I was, I was going to say like, I was gonna, you get, you've got a little bit of leeway with Plymouth because you could, you could have possibly said half the team or yeah, any of the teams. I was just thinking because I had a list of the championship teams. And I was like, yep, yeah, that got that one, got that one. Who was the number one for Plymouth? There was Eddie Kenner. Was actually, well, there was actually three Plymouth. Well, Ben Barker. Two Plymouth. Ben Barker was one, yeah. and Michael Palm Toft was one, and um, Richie Worrell. He was on the list as well. He's guested for Plymouth. Was Kyle Howarth on there? Kyle Howarth is on there, yep. Mm. Tom Brennan? Uh, there was a Glasgow rider, yep. Tom Brennan was oh, on there. I went there. for the wrong one. There was another pool rider on there. Ben uh, Cook. Ben, I was going to say Ben Cook, because yeah, Ben yeah, Cook yeah. and Zach Cook kind of alternated it too, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, did I say Josh Pickering? He's on there. Yeah. Um, Charles Wright? Charles Wright is on there. That was my next guess. Everyone's favourite, Troy Batchelor. <laughs> hey. And the final rider was very early in the season was um, Adam Ellis. Oh. oh, yes, only the uh, only the Anoraks would have got that one. Yeah, that would have been a tough one, but well done, Ian. Okay, right. That one, but for a bonus point now, <laughs> we, have, we have a special. Who am I? So there's one <laughs> que- one question for you, one question for Kane. So um, we'll start with the winner, Ian. You'll go first. So you'll have a hard question where you can lock an answer in, then a medium okay. question, and then an easy question. You can lock, you can <clears> lock right. answer in after each question if you're that confident. Okay, let's see. We'll see how it goes. So, so your first question in, who am I? Mm-hmm. I am a one-time world finalist, finishing sixth and a world team cup winner, starting my career with three meetings for Birmingham in 1980. Oh, blimey. Um... Hmm. No, I, I couldn't say. <laughs> That's a twist. All right, we'll go to number two. I was the 1986 National League Riders Champion whilst riding for the Stoke Potters, but have won many team titles in a career that ended with Workington in 2006. Up the comets. Ooh, 1986. Uh, oh, working ending with Workington when? 19... 2006. Oh, 2006. Hmm. <sighs> and when you say world final appearance, yep, was it was it the one off world final? 
it was the one-off world final. I'll give you that one. Okay. Uh, no, not sure. Because the first night I'm thinking of was in the Grand Prix, I think. That's the that's the same one I wrote down. I think I've got the same. <laughs> I, think, I think we're both thinking of the same guy there. Yeah, not sure. No. Okay. Do you want to move to number three? Yeah, my 2006 Comets knowledge is not as strong as I hoped. Right, so number three, the final question. I think you might get it here. I won the British League in 1994, as well as the Knockout Cup in 1991 and 1992, the Gold Cup in 1990, as well as the 1991 Interleague Cup, all with Bradford. And I know you're a Bradford fan here. Oh, God. I then went on to win a treble with the Hull Vikings in 2004. Oh, Hull Vikings. Uh, hmm. Could be one of two. Mm. I'm in the same boat as you. I think it's one of two. Uh, is it Paul Thorpe? Paul Thorpe is correct. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm going there based on the Hull thing, but, but I was thinking, is it Gary Stead? Yeah. And I was going between Gary Stead and Paul Thorpe. I wasn't sure where they'd... I didn't, I didn't know about the Workington bit. There you go. Whew. Oh, you've got a point out of it. That's good. We'll see how Kane gets Time it. to ruin see it. He, see if he can get us in the lead. So, Kane, question one. I was born... Paul Thorpe. 19... <laughs> Gary Stead. <laughs> I was born in 1991, but didn't make my British League debut until 2013, where I made two guest appearances, scoring one point from seven rides, although that point was against Nikolai Clint. Ooh. Um, could you repeat the question? Because it, it went on a bit longer than I thought. Okay. So I was born in 1991, right. but I didn't make my British League debut until 2013, where I made two guest appearances, scoring one point from seven rides, although the point was against Nikolai Clint. Uh, see, I'm just going to go absolutely left field because I, I saw him beat Nikolai Clint, uh, Luke Krang. Okay, Luke Krang. Question two. I have represented my parent club, Coventry, as well as riding for Redcart, Berwick and Edinburgh. I'm going to stick with Luke Krang. And question three. In 2023, I will be riding for another new club in the National Development League, starting in the heat leader position and looking to build on my 7-plus average from 2022. Hmm, really tough here. I think I'm going to go with Luke Krang. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> I, literally, you have, one of my you have redeemed yourself. One of my really one. far back memories is Luke Craig beating Nikolai Clint after doing nothing. I think he's a <laughs> National League guest, and I could oh. not believe my eyes. Unbelievable! Because I also remember when oh. Nikolai Clint joined Workington, I was like, he got beat by Luke Krang, and then <laughs> that was his most famous moment until you know what? That was what I knew <laughs> Nikolai Clint for. Well, you've picked up a three pointer there, Kane. Well done. Outstanding. I am. I'm not going to lie. Might have been a bit lucky there, but hey, yeah, great Luke Krang knowledge. Yeah, I'm Luke Krang super fan. Me. <laughs> Did you know he was born in 1991? 
and made his debut in 2013. I heard he only got point. one. He got a point off of Nikolai Klein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. didn't know that one actually. Uh, <laughs> I'd check that in case Nikolai Clinton broke down or something. <laughs> Absolute scenes. He also had the um, I've forgotten the name of it. The I remember this because it was the first time I'd seen it. It's like a the black and white circle with the white dot in the black and the black in the white one. I can't remember the name of it. A yin and yang. Yeah, he had the yin and yang on his uh, wheel trim. And I was like, that's really mm. cool. Because I was maybe 12 at the time. Gary Havelock had that. Yeah, Gary yeah. Havelock had that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Adam Roynan still has it on his Kevlar's as a uh, as a nod to Gary Havelock. I like that. Add more mm. yin and yang to your bikes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> So that is quiz complete. And uh, before you go, Ian, uh, one mm. last one last thing to do is our quick fire ten with Rob. So we'll we'll just pick Rob up off the floor if he's still breathing. Yeah, I'm still alive. I'm still here. I'm, I'm Hi, still, Rob. Still, <laughs> hello, mate. I'm still. Uh, yeah, I'm still still just about alive for a, a little while longer. Yeah. Okay. So Rob, you go for your quick fire ten. <clears throat> okay, Ian. Uh, so number one, what is your favourite track? My favourite track. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Red Car. To be honest, yeah. always good racing. Never seen a bad meeting there. You know, I'm not sure if it's the guests we're picking, but Red Car is quite a uh, is quite a common answer for that. It's because people, it's lots very of people good. Like Red Car. I've not been good. to Red Car, actually. It's because but, if if it was uh, if it was on TV in the Premiership every week, everybody would be raving about it like they do Bellevue. Yeah. But it's because it's because it's uh, not on the TV and it's in re- uh, Red Car slash Middlesbrough. Uh, then it's not really so much on the beaten path, but it's, uh, yeah, it is good. Very good. Okay. Uh, number two, your favourite sport that's not Speedway? Um, I would uh, probably say football, but then I support Leeds United, so I'd probably say F1. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, number three, your favourite moment in Speedway? Uh, well, I would probably say... Um, well, way back, way back when, when I was a Bradford fan, um, Gary Havelock winning the world title. Now that wasn't necessarily a moment I was that because it was on uh, Eurosport, and I think I had to go to a friend's house to see it or video it and <laughs> watch it back later. But um, it, it was more the homecoming, and so we went to the mm-hmm. the next regular meeting. And Gary Havelock was paraded around on one of these big, massive motorbike trike things, holding the the trophy. And it was just, it was just really cool that your club had got a world champion. You know, and it was it was back in the days when it was the, the one off night and all the rest of it. But you know, not every fan has that day where you get to welcome back the the reigning world champion, especially when it was Bradford. And back at that time, Britain hadn't had a world champion. Um, at all for a long time, so yeah. yeah, that was like I remember that as being quite a quite a good night. Perfect. Uh, number four, your three favourite things about the sport: unpredictability. Uh, it can be a negative sometimes, <laughs> but it's uh, you know you never know what you're going to get. You can never say that, that you've got these two teams here and Team A is definitely going to beat Team B. It, you know it might well work out that way you just don't know the sort of buzz of a pre-meeting i think when you get to the meeting and there's that sort of hubbub beforehand the riders arriving and then you get the warm-up of the bikes and that kind of anticipation building nicely and and i think as well that it's an act such an accessible sport family sport you know you, yeah. you have great access to the riders as fans as media as whoever and it's not like football where you have to jump through hoops to to get anything out of anyone it's you know it is a real sort of 
commu- family slash community sort of sport behind it and, uh, you know, real, pu- real people running it rather than corporations. Perfect. Uh, number five, obviously, you, well, you've sort of, sort of answered this question by saying you were a Bradford fan, but obviously is there no longer around. Um, club supported at the moment, if you want to... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> we we we, uh, we long for the day that Bradford returns, and there's, I can't tell you how frustrating it is to have uh, a shale track relayed at Oddsall, and uh, Speedway Bike has never touched it yet. But uh, that's for another day. Um, I would say, yeah, nearest to me is is Redcar. They're probably the the club that you know I did go along to. What I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a hardcore fan as such, but they're probably the you know they're the nearest team, the team I would go and watch. Um, given my choice and um, yeah as I say I enjoy the racing there and um, yeah I'll probably say say red car um, yeah uh, or Sheffield I mean you know I've been at Sheffield quite a bit because my family from down that way yeah uh, number six your two least favourite things about the sport huh. keyboard warriors mm. um, I know they come up often but People mouthing off, slagging the sport off, slagging people off, sometimes naming them. Um, you know, one of these days, the uh, libel slash slander law karma is going to come and take someone and uh, bring it on. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's there's no need for it. Right? Nobody goes out to do a bad job in anything, be that speedway or otherwise. Sometimes things don't go to plan, right? And if we knew that these things were going to happen, they wouldn't they wouldn't have gone wrong. You know, stuff happens. Speedway is a very fast moving sport. Things can happen outside of your control. It can rain. You know, things can go slightly wrong. Yes. Can some of these situations be better managed next time? Well, you know, hopefully people learn from any problems, but, um, you know, people just, and the people who slag the sport off, who haven't actually been to a meeting for years, you know, I I don't understand that. It's like, Oh, I don't go. Well, what, what, what are you going on about then? <laughs> so I would just say there's always a reason for something, right? It might be frustrating. It might seem stupid at the time, but there's always, there's always a, usually in my experience, there's always a perfectly, you know, good reason for something, even if you can't see it at that moment in time. Uh, the other least favorite thing, I just think, you know, and it's nothing we can do much about, but the rain is a problem. You know, it, it is, it doesn't help the sport because you can't plan. You know, if you're a family yeah. and you're planning to go at the speedway and it gets called off an hour before, you don't, you wouldn't look at a speedway meeting, especially at certain times of the year and at certain places in the country and say, we're definitely going to go there and do that like you would another sport. If you're going to ice hockey, for example, you would look at the arena and know that that event is going to happen at that time, pretty yeah. much 99.9%. Speedway, you know, things can happen. And, you know, that I think is sometimes a bit of a drawback, but there's nothing anybody can do about that. That's the same for Speedway everywhere. I would love every track to have a roof over its track, <laughs> but uh, it's not realistic. No, no, definitely. Uh, to, to be fair, in terms of the sport, like I, I, I go with my dad to watch. We we go and watch football a lot as well as as well as Speedway. Now we were already on the we were on the motorway the other week for the Peter Craven Memorial, and I was mm. I was pretty certain it was going to get rained off anyway. So when I did see it was rained off, and we had to turn around and come home again, it's not. It wasn't that gutting because you're sort of used to it as being a Speedway fan. Yeah. Many a time have I been sort of halfway to a track and it's it's been raining all the way there and you know, it's, this has been called off. But it, it's, yeah. it doesn't affect me as much as, say, if you were doing it, if like going to a football match would because obviously they don't get called off very often. So. No, that's the thing. There's nothing, as I say, there's not much you can do about it. It's, it is just frustrating. Um, but I think it does hold, perhaps hold the sport back generally everywhere, whether that's the Britain, Sweden, 
Poland, Germany, anywhere in the world. Uh, even Australia, you know, it rains there as well, believe it or not. So, you know, it, you, it, it, is, it does seed that doubt in people's minds of, I'd like to go to Speedway, but I'm not entirely sure it's going to be on. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. That, that, that is, if we could get rid of that, which we can't, then I think it would, um, that would definitely help. But um, yeah, I think there's other, other ways to get people in first. <laughs> definitely. Um, number seven, have you got any sort of uh, pre-broadcast sort of superstitions, routines, that sort of thing before you go on BSN on air? Uh, not really superstitions. I like to be. Um, I like to get there fairly early. I don't like rushing, and that was the same when I'm doing radio stuff as well. I don't like turning up two minutes before and plugging your headphones in and straight on. It's it's yeah. it's not a good space to be in. Um, I like to take the time to get there to, you know, just chill, have a wander around, help out setting up, get set up, know that everything's good, and then if you're relaxed. Um, you know, that helps you perform better because you're not pent up nervous, you know, and it, yeah. it's, it's, it, you can be a bit too fraught sometimes and it flusters you. And so you need to be chilled. So I like to, I like to keep it cool. Um, I like to have, make sure I've had like something decent to eat beforehand because you can start broadcasting and, you know, that can be you for two hours or three hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, preparation, I think is the, the main thing. I like to be, I like to be organized and, in my zone perfect uh number eight your your pick for world champion this year well having seen the thing in poland yesterday the uh polish riders championship thing that was on the start of season thing um who's going to beat Bartosz Szymaszlik I mean yeah. he was like two seconds quicker than everybody and that was like pretty much a Grand Prix lineup in in places he's just ridiculous who is going to stop Bartosz Szymaszlik he's just He's just 10 miles an hour quicker than everybody. He's he's managed to go better. He, if he was racing against himself last year, he would beat himself. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's frightening. I don't know who's going to hold a candle to him. I really don't. Yeah, it does It does seem that way, doesn't it? I te- uh, this, this is, an, this is a, a different question, not in the quick fire 10. Do you think if he was in the Grand Prix, if you put him in a Grand Prix series, say 15 years ago when you had um, a younger Nicky Pedersen, Lee Adams, Jason Crump, um, Tony Ricards and Thomas Gollum, is he? Would he? Do you think he'd be a dominant man as well? Or? I don't know, but I'd like to find out. I think oh, it would be it. it would be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Um, is he as he is faster? He's faster mm. than than Ricardson and and Crump were. But would you know? Similarly, if you brought Crump and Ricardson at their peak to now, with the technological developments in bikes and engines and all the rest of the stuff that. Bartos has got would they be as quick he's also got the weight advantage and this is another big thing in speedway now you know this whole um you know weighing 60 kilo thing yeah that's what they're aiming at and and that is different because i think Golub, ricardson they may they might have weighed more than that and that is a lot to it now it's like these you know it's like it's like jockeys they're just um yeah. you know losing more and more weight to, to well, obviously, you've got to stay fit, but getting the weight down to help on that as well. I think there's that ideal. Did you see that thing about the ideal weight of a speedway rider? And it's something like sixty-two kilos. Yeah, and... I saw something about it. Yeah, yeah I, so... I remember. They, remember there being a Scott Nichols was talking about a little. Um, might have been the season before last. I think racing at Bellevue. Obviously, him racing at Bellevue, and then watching Dan Beauty race at Bellevue. Obviously, Dan Beauty is like a J cloth. So oh, yeah. he mentioned about adding weights to the bikes, didn't he? To like, have yeah, even I think field. that was it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, but that's it. You know, that is a big part of it. And so, yeah, everything's changed, but it would be interesting to see, um, 
whoever whoever manages to beat Barca Schmarschlik is going to deserve that world championship because mm. they're going to have to be going very fast. <laughs> um, number nine, your favourite speedway rider ever, past or present? Ooh, favourite speedway rider ever. Um, well, I mean, the one that I've got all the stuff for, the one that was my sort of idol growing up is Gary Havelock. Um, again, going back to the Bradford thing, he was the man. I mean, I, I first started going to Speedway um, when I can't remember how old I must have been, but two or three or something like that. <laughs> used to go to Halifax and then it was Kenny Carter and I was in the Kenny Carter fan club and obviously that went slightly wrong. Um, so, yeah. And then um, Halifax moved to Bradford and that was when Gary Havelock really came into things i think at the back end of the the halifax early bradford days and he remained at bradford all the way through until it shut down in 1997 so yeah um he was great for the sport he was the he was the ty wolfenden of the era he was the guy with the you know um with the style the outlandish kevlars in fact i think he was one of the first riders to actually wear kevlars they're all wearing leathers up to uh, up to then and i remember him getting kevlars and the bright fluorescent yellow race suit and stuff and um you know he was he, he he had a bit of personality about him even then and that's always been the thing with speedway you always get these riders they've got that extra you know let's say x factor but that's what it is you know they've got a little bit of something about them and you can be a great rider but really boring yeah um yeah. or you can be a great rider and have a bit of showbiz about you and you see that with ty and you know, that's what captures the imagination also, what captures the, the headlines, you know. Mm. And then the final all-important question. Um, so for any reason, choose one of the three clubs, Workington Comets, Swindon Robins or Kingsland Stars. Right, well, I, I will, would have to go for Workington Comets. Yes. And the, the only, the reason, I mean, I don't have a, a, I don't think I've ever been to a Workington meeting at home mm. <laughs> um but i've seen workington race i have seen workington race obviously and i remember them winning the uh the pairs i think adam Royden was part of that wasn't he the, the pairs uh, at uh, somerset yeah 2012 ish something like that yeah, yeah. Luke so <laughs> but, um, but they always bring a great support you know and the sooner we can get workington back into speedway as we are now the better i hope to see them at a higher level in, in future, it would be great to have Workington back in, you know, the championship level because they bring a great crowd and people, you know, love the trip there as well. They've got this fantastic track now, better than what they had, I would say. Um, you know, and it's it's going to be a great venue for the future. You're going to have some big, big meetings there. Um, but the other reason I would choose Workington, going back to the the old Derwent Park, you know, it, it's reminiscent to the the type of speedway that I grew up watching, I suppose, round a football field like Halifax was and, and Bradford was. Um, nice big, big banked bends and that kind of speedway. Um, that's the sort of uh, that sort of track I like. I'm more of a banked, <laughs> banked bend, banked corner yeah. kind of guy Little rather than a, rather than a greyhound track guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, perfect. So that is it, um, Nathan. That well, uh, I'll hand I'll hand back to you and I'll go down. I'll go and uh, nurse go my hangover in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. That's why you stare. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, no, I had a bit of a heavy one. Yeah, you know, I had a slightly heavy weekend, and now I'm paying for it. So. Well, you need to get yourself right for when uh, when Swindon make the big comeback at pool. Yes, I know. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've rearranged the the Oxford meeting, and I'm on holiday, which is of I mean, at the time, absolutely gut wrenching to be honest. Like, I yeah. don't see Swindon race for four or five years, and then when they do, I'm on holiday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the pool the pool ones, yeah, for the two the two. The two clubs that's going to be racing against is perfect. To be fair, it's the big—they're they're the big two, really. 
Yeah, and they, I, mean, I know the Oxford one. They'd um, they'd sold an absolute load of tickets. It was going to be massive. So um, they're definitely going to get that back on again. Yeah, so I think um, when is it the the Oxford one is now April the nineteenth, um, and then I believe the pool one is that May the tenth. Just trying to remember off the top of my head. Yeah, May the tenth, yeah. uh, Swindon will be back at pool, so it'll be good to see Swindon back in action again. I know Jason Doyle's committed to the one in April, the rearranged fixture at Oxford. Um, so that's good for Swindon fans as well. And uh, it'll be good to see them in action a couple more times this season. Hopefully not for the last time as well. Um, but for now, Ian, thank you for joining us on the show. You've, you've talked so eloquently about Speedway and it, very much, uh, we're not always the same, but um, we, we, talk, we try and talk positively about Speedway. It, it had its issues last year. We, there was a very positive AGM, we thought, um, and, and hopefully this rain can now subside and we can enjoy a really, really good speedway competitive season across all three leagues. Absolutely. You know, it's um, it's it's shaping up to be a good year for speedway. Give it time. Have faith. Uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be good and can't wait to see how it all unfolds. You know, there's a lot of great teams in, in all of the leagues. All the leagues very, very competitive and... Um, you know, it's 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 hard to call how it's how it's going to go. I think, particularly the Premiership. I mean, it, anything can happen at, well, at this stage of the season. And uh, looking forward to it. Bring it on! I'll, I'll let you know how much faith I've got after Kingsland have been to Wolverhampton tomorrow night. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I th- Wolverhampton uh, have got an injury worry, haven't they? Uh, Luke yeah, Becker. Uh, unfortunately, Luke Becker has uh, sustained a uh, suspected broken ankle in Poland this afternoon. Oh, there's some uh, more breaking uh, news: it's a broken tibia. So, oh, okay. so unfortunately, the yeah, that's going to be some time on the sidelines for Luke. So we wish Luke a, a speedy recovery. We also know that Leon Flint had a had a practice well during the warm up for the uh, red car meeting this afternoon. He had a, he had an off, um, and I think he was nursing an injury as well throughout mm-hmm. the meeting. So we wish both of them guys uh, a speedy recovery. But um, for you, Ian, thank you for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, all we can do is wish you the best for, for BSN and your podcasting for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, thank you very much. A pleasure to, to join you guys. Keep up the good work yourselves. And, um, yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy the action. Hopefully it uh, turns out well for you where, uh, wherever you're heading this week. <laughs> we will do. Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks for Cheers, joining Ian. us. Thank Cheers, you. Nathan. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So um, that was that was Ian Brannan on the show, and it was great to talk to him. He, he talked in length, though, and it's nice to have someone that talks so well about Speedway, especially in this country. There, there is a lot to look forward to this season. Absolutely, definitely, hundred percent. That was uh, we should, yeah, really good. We shall, we shall go back with Ernest because we're we're slowly running out of time, and we were we were talking about our rider of the week from last week, which was Danny King. He was the winner, so I think we should we should move on to our selections for this week. And I've got quite an extensive list. Considering there's only been four meetings this week, I've got quite a list of riders down here. So I'll let um, Kane. Do you want to go first? I I will. Now that you've asked me, I will. Um, it's the, the two meetings from last Monday in the Premiership, um, along with the two meetings which happened today. See, I'm just going to uh, ignore the ones from Monday and okay. just focus on today. You know, L- live for the now. You know, not not the past. Bugger that. Do now. On, I mean, man. this is the past when you all listen to this, but at, at the moment, this is the now. I'm going to go for, for actually saying all that. He's, he's from the past. He's uh, our first friend of the show. I'm going to go for Alfie Botel. 14 points out of 15. 
for Mildenhall today in their 53-37 win, only beaten by Ben Morley, and bloody fast as well. So <laughs> why not? You know, we'll... Yeah, why not? Rob, we'll, we'll come to you for your selection for the week. Uh, so I'm actually going to go. This isn't. You might get called boring for this. Boring. I'm going to go. Boring. I am going to go back to Monday. Last Monday's. Um... I've got a feeling I know where you're going. Do you? Oh, well, that's well. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty boring pick. I was going to go. I'm going to go for Emil Saifutinov. Actually, yeah, um, well, you were going to go. Yeah, well, I think 14 points in a... It was 14, wasn't it? Let's make sure I got yeah. that right. Yeah. 14 points yeah. in you know, your first meeting back in Britain, having not raced in Britain in oh, 12 years, I want to say, 10 years? Yeah, 12. Yeah, uh, 2011 or 12 it was. I, th- I want to say 11, so... About, I think it was 11, yeah. Years. yeah. So, uh, you know, to come straight back in and then put in the performance he did, that, uh, that heat, I can't remember which heat it was now, might have been heat four where he's come from the back and passed everybody. Um, yeah. That's been doing the rounds on social media. It's, you know, um, so I think although everybody was have ex- would have expected him to hit a big score, um, to come back in straight away after having a season out as well um, and, and, and then doing the businesses, especially away from home as well. So he's my pick. Okay. Well, I'll, what I'll do is I'll just go through some of the other names that I had on my list because um, that's left me with a tricky decision though. Um, they were both on my list, by the way, but I just want to give special mention. Rory Schlein today has come back out of retirement, scored 12 from 5 at Redcar. Um, Lee Complin as well, along with Alfie Botel, 12 and 2, only beaten once again by Ben Morley today. Um, Jason Edwards um, took the full seven rides after the unfortunate injury to Jake Mulford today. Uh, he scored 13 and 1 from 7. In the same meeting, Connor King scored 12 from 7 for... Uh, Kent, Aaron Butcher, Ben Trigger, good debuts for Mildenhall today, nine and one and seven and two from four respectively. Um, and then going back to the meetings last week, uh, Jamin Lidsey, nine from five. Eric Risser scored, had a couple of meetings this week. He scored eight from four. And Danny King again, uh, nine from four and 12 and one from five today. He's had, he put in another impressive week. But my nomination is also going back to last Monday. You guys are boring. And, <laughs> yeah, I could have gone I could have gone Edwards. Edwards was considered. Um but I've gone for a guy he beat Jason Doyle, Emil Sofutinoff and Danny King all in the same meeting and there's not a lot of people that could do that. Doyle and Sofutinoff were only beaten once each. Danny King was only beaten a couple of times and it was by Benjamin Basso who scored 13 from 6 last Monday for Peterborough. But that's my vote. Well, not as boring as mine, but Kane's I'm definitely uh, gone for the uh, the left. He's gone for the bold one. I'll, I'll, he's, he's gone for the back. bold one. I like that. Yeah, but we've got we'll put that on our social media pages this week. So Benjamin Basso, Emil Saifutinoff, and Alfie Botel, and will both be polls up. will end at the exact same time this time. Yeah, not like last week. Where <laughs> Sorry for everyone who voted in the last two days. One end <laughs> prematurely. <laughs> I think uh, Danny King was going to win anyway. Yeah. So be it. Then we shall now move on. Then. Um, so we, we, we've spoken in length, uh, in a little bit of detail about some of the meetings this week. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about what happened at Peterborough last week in regards to the white line. Uh, I think there's been some images circulating on social media of, of Richie Worrell 
riding about 30 yards inside the white line. Yeah, he, I think it, it, look, it looks like he forgot there was a... Well, I don't think he knew the white line existed at that point, but they did move yeah. it in, so... You know. <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll move on uh, to some of the meetings this week, and I'll just give you a quick run-through of, of what we can expect, because it's the Easter holidays. Uh, lots of fixtures coming up this week, um, starting with... If you're listening on the radio on Monday... Uh, the Peter Craven Memorial and the Wolverhampton versus Kingsden will be taking place as we speak. Um, if you're listening to us on our on our on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that, then these are the meetings we've got coming up this week. It's the Paul Stark testimonial this evening or Tuesday, as it may be. Um, Oxford against Paul in the BSN series Southern section on Wednesday. Thursday sees Ipswich against Leicester and Sheffield against Kings Lynn in the quarterfinals of the Knockout Cup, both first legs. And then Good Friday, um, an acceptable meeting is probably expected at 1pm at Bellevue. Again, <laughs> boys, to, calm down. Uh, and then we've got Scunthorpe against Redcar, Edinburgh against Glasgow and Poole against Oxford, also in the BSN series in their respective groups. Saturday has the Lion Cubs from Leicester up against the Berwick Bullets. And then on Sunday, Kent uh, ride against Mildenhall in the National Development League Knockout Cup semi-final. And then on Sunday, it's the reverse fixture as Glasgow ride Edinburgh in the uh, BSN series Scottish section. Um, and then on the Monday, it's Bellevue against Wolverhampton in the first leg of the Knockout Cup quarter-final. Peterborough ride Leicester in the Premiership and Wolves also ride Bellevue in the Knockout Cup quarterfinal second leg in the reverse fixture after their meeting earlier in the day. But this week, we have decided that our meeting of the week will be on Good Friday and it is the Scottish Derby. It is Edinburgh against Glasgow. Sure to be a feisty affair. This one with uh, Craig Cook lining up for Edinburgh against his former employers at Glasgow. Uh, just to put some meat on the bones for this one, lineups. Um, interesting to see um, Edinburgh will be going with Jacob Hook and Lassa Fredrickson swapping positions this season, which I think makes them a little bit stronger at reserve, but a little bit weaker in the main body game. Possibly. Um, I suppose against that Glasgow team, though, it could come down to who has the better reserves. So it might not be a bad idea to swap them, even just early on, you know. I think they can redeclare it every month if they're the same, or they might be able to swap it week in, week out. I'm not sure. But, you know, I think where Glasgow's weakness could be in this meeting is the bottom three. But we'll see. Time will tell. Um, I'll wait until my prediction to go a bit more in depth, if that's all right with you boys. I've, like, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first this week. Cause I'm, I'm okay with that. I've gone into some real depth on mine, and I've really like thought about it. See, that's Not where that me and well, you differ. Yeah, see, I I just look at the teams and think, now I'm going to go there, and yeah. it works for me, mate. It works yeah. for me. Well, thinking about things is, I think, is where you're going wrong. See, what, what I like well. to do sometimes is I'll have a, a ballpark in my head, and if you two go for somewhere near that, I'll just sort of slot in the middle <laughs> and try and be cheeky, but. Other times, well, I'll just pick like sixty nine, thirty one, and see what happens. That. Or twenty one, because thirty one isn't actually possible. So, my bad. After after our postponement again last week um, of our prediction, we're still at nil, nil, nil. So this, is, I'm going to go right. I'm 
I thought about it. Probably shouldn't have done, but I've thought about it. Why did you do that? I'm going to go for a 48-42 victory to Edinburgh. I I think as long as... uh, I'm sure Craig Cook can pick up at Edinburgh, along with Pickering, and how solid they can be at home. I I think uh, Glasgow can be vulnerable in areas, um, especially Marsan Novak, who doesn't... on his previous visit, didn't go very well at Edinburgh. Somebody said to me he was the worst rider they've ever seen at Armadale. So, oh god, there you go. He scored a point though, so I hate to think it. I can't remember who he beat now, but um, along with the inexperience of Ace Piper as well, um, I, I just think Edinburgh might just edge this one in the end. I'll come to Rob. You can go next. Yeah, I'm. I was going to lean towards an Edinburgh win as well. Although I, it's a strange one. It obviously, if I see, think you stick it on almost any other track. I would maybe go for a Glasgow win, but yeah, um, I think in terms of, of terms of what you mean, there is a there is a question mark over Novak away from away from Glasgow. Um, and as you say, it's 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 a tough one. I think Glasgow. It, it, it's a strange one. Like man for man, I almost would say Glasgow is the better side, but I think Edinburgh at home. Um, I think they'll 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 take the win. I'm I'm going to go forty nine forty one to Edinburgh. Not a bad shape. Doesn't leave Kane many options. Well, it does. It leaves him loads of options. Yeah, but... I could pick anything really, couldn't I? But um, I think I'm going to go a little higher. Believe it or not. Okay. Um, just for the record as well, I had a quick look. Um, the the rider he beat, Marcin Novak, was Jason Edwards, who fell. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Redeem. Redemption, redemption arc. After the uh, honeymoon, he's back finally. I'd have, I'd have laughed if I'd have been Nicola Clint. <laughs> it was actually Luke Crang. No, um, so I, I I agree. I think if it was any other track, I'd probably swear to to Glasgow, but it's not. It's it's actually Edinburgh, isn't it? So uh, obviously Lee was their number one in the National League last season. Um, Ace Wood there as well. I think Klaus goes okay. I think he, he goes did... pretty well at yeah. Uh, Edinburgh. Yeah, I he think scored... he actually was sacked by them as well in the past, so it's, it's a bit of a strange one there. Um, I think the last time he rode there was for Glasgow in 2019. Yeah, 19, 19, yeah. 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 so it's been a while. Um, obviously, Basel's been there before, and Harris has <laughs> probably been there about 20,000 times, so... yeah. But, you know, I just look at that Edinburgh team. I can't see... I can't... Well, I can see weaknesses in it. Obviously, we, we've spoken about them in the uh, championship predictions, but if you'd line them up and you see how the Tigers have gone there in recent years, um, I think Edinburgh come out on top about 52-38. So... 52. Yeah, I think... Am I right in thinking this is their first meeting? Edinburgh or Glasgow yeah. or both? Ed, well, Edinburgh, but yeah. No one's rode at the moment. So, you know, they could be fired up for it. Someone, there was a quote that um, Craig Cook is very determined this season, and he says a determined Craig Cook is a scary Craig Cook. So, you might see the Craig Cook of old come back. So, we yeah. Should, we should come Friday. We will see. I might be there. I- We'll see. Think, oh, this might be might be the first and possibly only time I ever say this. Say this, but I think Kane, I, for, you've convinced me that you're talking sense here, actually, and I'm, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Oh, um, 
You you have Bla- blame it on the you fever. Know, clear, I, honestly, yeah, I think there's still fever. clearly still alcohol in the system. Yeah. But yeah, I, from what you're talking about, yeah, you just made a lot of sense there, and it's I just I just thought I'd get that in and, and let you know. You know. It's an honour. It's I, I, was, I was quite scary today thinking about it, and I was just don't worry because I'll go back to the carnival soon next week. Yeah, yeah I mean, really yeah, good, I'm sure you somebody's going to win. Team. Somebody's going to win seven seventy-five fifteen away from home somewhere. Yeah. Well, just bear with me a minute, Rob, because I'll bring something to your attention that'll make you think again. But oh um, dear, what have I obviously, done? obviously uh, Bunting's bookies <laughs> and Rob's rider replacement watch are still unavailable this week. Nothing's happened, but. As we were talking about, Kane's Kane's clinic, uh, he reported last week that Joy Efridge would probably oh, be missing go away. for four to six weeks, but he was back, he was back today, so shut up. We that was last week. What? I wanted to be stupid last week. It turns out, listeners, that Kane is not a no, fully qualified all. Uh, doctor. I'm not, am I? Oh, dear. No. What Kane showed us was actually incorrect. Sorry, boys. I, I actually forged all those documents. <laughs> but we unfortunately there are some more names in the clinic. Some more faces have come through that door this weekend. We've been we've been over a few of them, haven't we? We um obviously Becker and Flint have their knocks today, as did Jake Mulford. Um, but I think it was reported he's just battered and bruised. So we'll probably see him next week or whenever the next rides. Um, yeah. are Bellevue riding next tomorrow or yesterday or today, depending whenever you're <laughs> listening to this. No, I Pete, Pete Craven is on the Monday, isn't it? So. I don't think he's in the yeah. lineup, is he? So, you I know, I, I, as I said, I doubt he would have rode. Maybe Red this week. must be riding next week at yeah. some point. I would say his his return is soon. Maybe give it a week. Um, Luke Becker's might be a bit longer than a week because he's broken his tibia. So I would expect Wolves to make a change. Maybe I bet Jake Mulford's going to be out for six weeks now. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Um, and Zane Kennedy is the uh, the big one there because he's had a mountain bike accident. And as far as I'm aware, Scunthorpe can't get a replacement in. We will leave that conversation there. Uh, but they're operating a 28 day replacement, a uh, ride replacement guest thingy for the is reserves. Matt, is Max Pegg not coming in? Uh, no, I don't think he is actually. Um, oh. Bit of a shock there, isn't it? But um, they're using the 28 day guest facility and. After that, they're going to review it, and I think they're going to apply for an extension if they need it. So, because uh, I, I did hear he was he's out for potentially eight to twelve weeks. Yeah. He's in a body corset at the moment, but I, I haven't seen any other information. Me neither. Other than I'd well, obviously, going off what we've heard, Scunthorpe are looking for a replacement. So, yeah, Speedway's back. And obviously the Nicky Pedersen won uh, his crash at Peterborough last week, which uh, ended up resulting in the white line moving out. Um, he was due to ride in the Extra League Riders' Championship, weren't he, last on Saturday? Um, yes. He pulled He pulled out of that, though, but you would imagine he may... Peterborough don't ride now till Easter Monday, so I'd imagine he might well be back for that one. Yeah, I, I, I know he's withdrawn from the Peter Craven as well, so... So it's a, it's a speedy recovery to all them guys, and and hopefully we see them back in action soon. Um, obviously, Rob, you might be in action uh, next week. Uh, rider replacement will surely be operating for Luke Becker. Yeah, night. yeah. Well, looking forward to having uh, it not be rider replacement not being a barren waste wasteland at the moment, and actually have something yeah. to uh, something to report in terms of how many rider replacements we get with the season. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward. I wonder. I tell you what, 
for an extra bonus point each, we have a guess. Yeah, go how on. many times rider replacement is used over the season? Oh, the entire season. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> All right, go on then. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I have no let's, idea. Let's just like, throw a number would be a complete bowl. It should be a complete point, ballpark. What what is it in the Premiership? They ride six, well, twenty four meetings each, don't they? So twenty four times six. What's that? Four to one hundred and forty odd matches. If you say there's about three hundred matches, yeah, I, I don't know. Eighty? Is that yeah? Too I was I was looking at like the because Ryder play well. I mean, you haven't Plymouth aren't using it every week at the moment, so. Um, I'm, I'm going to say oh go on you, you do it first no I tell you what go on I'm actually I tell you what I'm going to work out how many matches how many league matches we have this season are we just talking league or are we talking no, let's, every let's do the entire thing let's have a laugh yeah. okay. everything so what was that 24 times 6 wasn't it so yeah. that's premiership's 144 and then the championship's what 8 nah. times 8 but then there's the cups and the trophies and so on and I've gone on the speedway updates back so shout out to speedway updates um, how many? Uh, how many? How many teams are in the uh, champ? Eight, nine. Yes, nine. 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 So sixteen. So you want sixteen times nine? That's just league meeting. So that's yeah, sixteen times nine. nine. Then and for the knockout cup, it's forty-four as well, isn't it? That's one hundred and forty-four as well. Yeah. So two eight, two eight, two eight eight. So it would be about three hundred odd meetings, a bit more. I'm going to go for a laugh and just say one hundred and twenty-three. <laughs> one two three. One hundred and twenty-three. One two three. Okay, I'll go eighty-four. Um, yeah. See, I was, I was at first. I was initially thinking about a hundred, but then I thought well, that is a lot. And if it's say three hundred and fifty, yeah, one in we four. We have to remember as well. You have to double that because there's three hundred matches, but there'll be six hundred teams. That's a, again. Yeah, but I'm talking six. like, like no. Yeah, but you're not. You're not. Oh, yeah. One I mean, in one in six. One in. Oh, one in four meetings, one in six teams are using rider replacement. That is, that's high. That seems high, but then it was high. Uh, it's four thousand two hundred riders. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I tell you what, I'm gonna go in ninety-four. Oh, we're close. We've all gone the same. Here's where it's like forty-two, and none of us are going there. One needs <laughs> <Lee> Becker. <laughs> one. <laughs> They'll be using rider replacement for the next five months or something. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> we've almost reached time. We've got. Yeah, anyway, just last, last minute. There was, there was a couple more bits, and obviously, as we alluded to a little while ago, with Ian Bartosz Schmarslik retained his extra league individual crown um, on Saturday, I think that was. Um, I think he. Uh, Martin Vasilik was second, and uh, a little bit of surprise package in Casper Warner. Finished third in the end with Dominic Kibera in fourth, whose, whose name always seems to appear in these meetings and um, never quite make it onto that step in the Grand Prix. But he's hoping for a big, big season for him. Um, Anders Thompson did withdraw from that and he was unbeaten after two rides, but he did ride today in the uh, Polish pairs, uh, which Bartosz Marzlik won again, actually, in a runoff against um, the name escapes me. I can't remember who he beat now. Kane, help me out. I don't know. Um... Me, Luke Crank. <laughs> oh, anyway, he won, <laughs> he won a runoff today, and uh, they won the pairs. Um, so well done to Schmarslick for ruining Speedway. Basically. Cheers, cheers, man. Just win yeah. the world title, please. <laughs> please. But for now, um, 
thank you for joining us on the show. We'll have plenty more coming next week. Um, look out for our poll on the uh, social media this week for all our, our Rider of the Week and for what will be coming up on the show next week. Uh, but for now, thank you to you two guys, and we will talk again next week. Goodbye. Network.